Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RMS Colorado Islands podcast. There's been quite the hiatus. Um, had to get a new computer because mine was broken and freezing, so that's why I couldn't record forever. Anyways, as you could tell, we are going to be talking about the Kale McCarr versus Quinn Hughes debate, something that I have a lot of opinions on, um, and that will be, that's what we will be talking about for the entire episode. Um, so it might not be very long. Um, reason it might not be very long, I have a guest coming onto the podcast that I'm going to be recording with today. Um, you will see the episode with him coming up on Friday. But anyways, let's get into it. So there's been a debate going on in the National Hockey League, and uh, you know the NHL and NBC Sports have done little to, to deter the argument from going. And I mean, they shouldn't be because you know it gets people interested, and it's a fun way to you know share ideas with other people. But um, anyways, it is the Kamikar versus Quinn Hughes debate for the Calder Trophy. Now. Um, Although it seems like it's a Calder trophy, it really seems like it's really just a argument for who's better between the two rookie defensemen. Um, one of them, of course, being the Avs, Kale McCarr, which is why we we will be covering it today. Also, just so you guys know, we will have an I'll be having another podcast sometime soon where we will where I will be covering the Nathan McKinnon. Heart Trophy conversation, which there's a little bit more of a debate going on in there because there's multiple people who can really have a chance at it in some people's eyes, um, rather than just two people that are like neck and neck. So just thought I'd let you guys know that. Anyways, let's get into the debate. So a lot of these, uh, you know, Opinions I've heard from Vancouver fans are that, well, Quinn plays against a higher level of competition, and he's a better defenseman uh, defensively, and he's more valuable to his team. So before we get into why Kale should win it, I'm going to talk about why those uh, things are wrong. So um, I have this a little thing from Twitter here from a... Uh, page called Hockey Stats CZ. Um, it's a Hockey Stats page from the you know, the Czech Republic or whatever it's called now. Um, as you could probably tell. Anyways, they do little player cards with analytics and it kind of gives you like an overall. So, theirs has Quinn's quality of competition at a 62 which is not very high. Um, Kale's is at a 69. Nice. Not much higher, but I feel like you could say that it should be higher and Quinn should be lower. Adam Fox's uh, quality of competition is a 36, just so you know. Which is a really big reason why he shouldn't win, because he has such sheltered minutes. He gets played against third and fourth liners all the time. So, yeah. Anyways, so Kale um, 
how the Avs run their their kind of a system, I guess, would be the way to say it, is they do best on best, and they don't really change matchups during the game. It's usually McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Cog, or, you know, if they're injured, or whoever the first line is for that day, for that game, uh, plays against the other team's top line pretty much as much as possible, unless there's, like, special teams or something like that. Um, and... They don't really switch up which D pairings are with each line very much. It's not usually like, oh, well, this shift, uh, the three-headed monster will be playing with Gerard and Johnson, and then the next one they'll be playing with uh, Makar and Graves, and then they'll be playing with them for a couple more shifts, but then they're going to go play with Zadorov and Cole. They usually try and play him with, uh, they usually try to play that line with Kale and whoever Kale is with. Um, usually Graves, for the entirety of the game. And a lot of people are saying, well, he's with Nathan McKinnon, so that's why he's getting a lot of his points, so it's easier for him. But you have to realize, since they're matching up best on best, that means Kale is also playing against the other team's best players. So, you know, McKinnon and Lindskogaran, you know, I believe that they're the best line in hockey, uh, I bet a lot of Avs fans would agree, and I bet a lot of other fans, just hockey fans, would agree. Um, but they can't, you know, control the puck in the offensive zone for the entirety of their shift. So, you know, he's going to have to play defense. Like when you're playing a bot, like when you're playing Boston, you know, you have to play defense against um, Barshand and Bergeron and Pasternak. Like you have to play against these top guys in your defensive zone. And. You know that gives a little bit of that takes away a little bit of that strength of schedule, the strength of competition argument from um, Quinn because Vancouver doesn't play like that. So Quinn will be playing against third liners, fourth liners, and second liners and first liners a lot more than Kale will. I Kale very rarely plays against fourth and third liners. Uh, it's usually always top six. First of all, because it's kind of just a waste to put him with our team's top uh our team's third and fourth liners and also because you know he can play with these top guys so it's really just pointless to bring him down just so we can yeah you get it <laughs> um anyways so that's a big argument that I've been hearing from these uh from some of the Vancouver or any Quinn Hughes supporters is that um, he plays against a tougher strength, uh, you know, opponents, which is just not true. And part of that argument is the fact that, you know, he doesn't play with as good of players, even though, you know, Vancouver fans think Elias Pettersson should win the heart. It feels like they can't choose, you know, oh, do we want Elias Pettersson to win the heart? Or are we going to make an argument that Quinn doesn't play with any good players and... It's just, it's silly. Um, granted, I would say, like, Miko and McKinnon are both better than Elias Pettersson, so there's definitely an argument to be made that Kale plays with the better better line mates, because he does. But at the same time, like I said, he plays against tougher opponents uh, than Quinn. Quinn is pretty sheltered uh, minutes on the Canucks. And, yeah... So another argument is the fact that Quinn is better defensively, and Quinn's defense is 
And, you know, part of this is might be because he's short. I don't know. I, I don't understand what the whole hype on Quinn's defense is because I've been watching quite a few Canucks games during this pause. And from what I've seen, he has not been very good defensively. Um, and, you know, he's a rookie. You're not going to be great defensively, especially because he's an offensive defenseman. But uh, going off of this player card, of course, I don't know what they use for their overall. So I wish I could uh, figure that out. Um Anyways, Quinn's defense got a 48 overall, which is very not good. And Kale's defense was a 68, a whole 20 overall better. Um, Adam Fox's was an 85. I really don't, I, I mean, I guess it's easy to have an 85 overall defense when you're playing against third and fourth liners. That's the problem with Adam Fox's analytics. They're all really boosted because of how weak of opponents he plays against, and that's kind of why he's not in this conversation. Also, he just didn't put up nearly enough points. Like, I don't know what the argument for Adam Fox over Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes is, like, at all. Uh, he's a fine player, but he's just not as good as those two. Anyways, back to the actual argument between the two. I will be throwing in some Adam Fox stuff because he's kind of in the conversation. We don't know who the other nominee is going to be. Um, if it'll be him or Kubalik or Kubalik or maybe Olafson, maybe even Merzlinkis for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if Merzlinkis played enough games, though. They usually don't give that to goalies. You know, I think Bennington did better than Pedersen last year, but that's besides the point. Um, anyways, McCarr plays a lot more physical defense. Uh, he's, you know, he's not big dude, but he's quite a bit bigger than Quinn, so that could be a part of it, is that he can just, you know, get in people's way better um, than Quinn, but he also seems to um, just be a little bit smarter. His hockey IQ is very high, I would say. Makar is very intelligent when it comes to hockey. He's not, you know, he's not a genius, like he's no Sidney Crosby, but he's not he seems to be have a quite higher understanding for the game than Quinn. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's just he... That and maybe the size... And the size could have a big thing to do with it. But, you know, there are small defensemen in this league who strive. Like Sam Gerrard. You don't see us making excuses. Well, he's small because he plays a physical game despite being small. So, really... You can't really make that, like, you can't use that as an excuse. It's, it's just a poor excuse to use, if that makes sense. Because, you know, there are small guys in the league, and they still... And small guys, like Marty St. Louis, played the really long... I don't know, losing words, really good career. It wasn't a short career, either, without getting injured. And he... Kind of, and he was a pretty great player. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. But, you know, you can't just use that as an excuse. And I feel like just Kale's intelligence combined with his size. He's also a much better skater. So that helps, you know, you can skate backwards better, transition better, you know, all that. Um, I feel like that helps a lot more for how he's better at defense than Quinn for sure. Um, and then, 
again, he also plays against um, tougher competition, so this higher defense mark means a lot more, is weighted a lot more, which is one problem I have with these cards, is that, uh, here, I'll just go through them really quick for all of you, just so you guys can keep track, if you haven't, if you don't have Twitter, or you haven't found them for some reason, whatever, um, so, Adam Fox's war was 96 overall, offense is 96 overall, defense is 85 overall, which really should be weighted differently because he plays against third and fourth liners most times. Um, power plays a 60, penalty kill is a 51. That might also boost his defense numbers, but um, points per 60, 88. Zone entries, 90. Zone exits, 93. Penalties, 97. And quality of competition, 36. That big quality of competition, 36, uh, that needs to be weighted throughout because if he's doing so well on offense and defense or, you know, on the power play, you know, it doesn't show that he's as good of a player. It shows that he just gets better opportunities just manufactured for him. So, which I'm kind of surprised about because Dave Quinn does not like to give those kind of opportunities to um, younger guys, really. At least from what I've heard. Anyways, and then Kale, his war is 97. His offense is 95. Really, I don't know how Adam Fox's offense is higher than Kale. It must be because his, because of the, the, um, what's it? The, the strength of competition. Because, again, I've watched some of Adam Fox, too. He's Definitely, he's nowhere near as good offensively as these two are. The big argument for Adam Fox is how, how good he, how, you know, the fact that he's good defensively. And, you know, he's definitely not better offensively than either of these guys. Um, anyways, Kale McCarr's defense, 68. You already covered that. It's power play, 83. Penalty kill, 45. Now, the penalty kill thing, um, he's not on it very much. So, I don't, it's a, it's a little bit of a, eh. You know, I don't know if really you should be counting that, but whatever. Um, I wonder how many power play points he actually played this season. I'm going to... Uh, power play minutes, rather. Uh, Kale played this season. I mean, penalty kill. I said power play. Um, and his points per 60 is 100, so that's good. Zone entry is 97. Zone exits 96. Penalty is 95. Quality of competition, 69. Nice. So overall, he has a 98. The same as Adam Fox. I will tell you this. I don't think it's really just an analytics person uh, will argue that Adam Fox is as good as Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes. When, you know, there are these reporters like DNVR, the guys I follow, you know, AJ. uh, A lot of these guys, you know, they use analytics a little bit, but some of these analytics guys just go solely on analytics that it really doesn't provide a good kind of viewpoint of the players as much as the eye test and just, you know, that kind of stuff, I guess. I thought I was going to say more, but the eye test is pretty much what everything else I was going to say. But, yeah, you can just tell that that Cal McCarr and Quinn are better um then Adam Fox, and that's the thing. Like Valerie Chushkin was like one of the best analytical players, if not the best. I don't remember. 
um, this entire season. But you're not going to make the argument that he's better than like a Connor McDavid or a Nathan McKinnon or a Miko Rantanen or a Nikita Kucherov because he has better analytics because that's just not how that works. You know, it's just math. That's not math, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so they're both tied at 98 overall, which I find a little eh, a little suspicious, especially considering, like I've said about a million times, that Adam Fox um, doesn't play against a very hard strength of schedule. Um, like they'll, like when he plays against third and fourth liners, he will be on the line, on a line with Panarin and Zabanajad. So they they really they really don't like to match up their top line with other teams' top lines. Um, so that also you know doesn't help him. Anyways, on to Quinn Hughes. Um, his WAR is ninety, offense seventy nine, defense forty eight, power play ninety three, um, points per sixty ninety two, zone entries eighty seven, zone exits ninety nine, penalties ninety six, quality of competition sixty two. Overall, he's a ninety three. Now, uh, I tweeted something about this. You know, I retweeted it with a little comment. Um, and I said, well, looks like, you know, Kale should be winning. Um, you know, if you kind of, if it, of course, the mixture isn't perfect. But if you mix his analytics with his points, then you have a very strong case that, you know, he should be, he should definitely win. Because if he's tied with Adam Fox, who he should be ahead of, and he's that far ahead of Quinn, Quinn Hughes, who's the who the real, his real competition is, is with Quinn Hughes, and then you factor in, you know, his points and, like, all this other kind of stuff that, you know, all these other different stats, just base stats and, uh, <clears throat> base stats and just, you know, the eye test, you can, I, I'd say with the that combination of things, you know, mixed a little bit, you know, it's not purely 50-50, but I feel like you could, you know, give him that. But anyways, I'll go back to my other reasoning, kind of went off on a tangent there. Anyways, and then another argument that Canucks fans had for Quinn over Kale was that, well, two, I'm going to lump these into the same thing because they're kind of related, um, was that Quinn had three more points um without being injured uh and um kale is a year older than quinn now the whole year older thing is stupid because artemi panarin won it at like 23 or 25 or something and i don't know how much older the other guys were but they were i mean younger but they were pretty younger they were quite a bit younger than artemi was uh was when he won it and then last year, their golden boy, Pedersen, won it when he was a year older than Dahlin. And, I mean, you could say, you know, well, he did better than Dahlin. Because uh, he he did. Dahlin had a... I feel like Dahlin would rookie year was pretty underrated because of, you know, the stories of Elias Pedersen and uh, Jordan Biddington. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Either way, age really doesn't matter when it comes to the Calder. Like, I'm pretty sure some 30-year-old won the Calder however many years ago. Age is dumb, all right? 
the age is nothing, okay? If you're going to come in a year younger, you have to be as good as a guy that's a year older. That's the whole point in coming in at that time. It's a dumb argument. It's really... This, both of these arguments are just kind of dumb. And then they're like, oh, well, he didn't get injured. Which I understand um, not being injured, you know, is... It can, you know, it's a benefit. Because especially when you're an important part to your team, when you're injured, your team won't be doing as good. Um, and that was kind of something I'll touch on later. Um, but at the same time, you know, 11 games, it's not a huge difference. You know, like, the argument is that, you know, he played more games. And then they're like, oh, well, Connor McDavid, you know, he played less games than Barzal uh, when he won. And it was like, well, Barzal played 82 games and Connor McDavid played 40 um, 40 is a quite a bit bigger of a difference than 11 games. Um, and that's, you know, they're saying, well, the points per game doesn't matter. He played more games and he has more points. And it's like, well, the points per game kind of matters. <coughs> Excuse me. I guess it doesn't matter in like, you know, when there's a guy who plays two games and he gets two points. You're not going to give him the Calder because of his amazing two games. Um... But when it's when it's eleven games and the point differential is three, I feel like you make a very strong case for the points per game being a big factor there, because they're like, oh well, Quinn would have you know kept going. And it's like, dude, if Kale McCarr came back from an injury and put up three points against a completely healthy playoff Rangers team, and Quinn Hughes had been you know kind of struggling as of then, like he was not putting up quite a, he was. You know, not at the same pace as he was the uh, time, the last time McCarr got injured. Then I would say that there's a decent chance that McCarr did would get um, past Quinn in points. I I would I wouldn't you know put a bunch of money on it, but I wouldn't. I'd wager it. You know, he's a very dynamic player, and he had been known to be getting quite a few. Um, multi-point games and you know before he got injured he was doing well with the points you know um you know without guys like Rantanen um and then when he put up his three-point game without Rantanen and McKinnon in the lineup which kind of also takes away from the fact that you know oh well his line mates are allowing him to get points which is bs um so yeah it's just I feel like there's just a very strong possibility that after that three-point game, when there's only a three-point difference, and Quinn was being so shaky offensively and honestly defensively from... Uh, I didn't watch a lot of the games later um, in the year from the Canucks. I watched a lot of them from earlier. But, um, you know, I only saw that really the one Canucks game I saw that was, you know, in the last kind of weeks before the pause was the one against the Avs. And Quinn's defense was just horrendous. Like, they scored six goals. I think I don't think he got a single point. Um, so that's not very good. Um, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I just feel like, you know, with that pace and how Quinn, you know, it was kind of like the Avs with Dallas, you know. They were, they were both kind of going at the same pace, and then the Avs started to kick it up, and Dallas just plummeted really fast and just couldn't get anything going. Um, you know, Kale, 
you know, he came in and he's just exploded and Quentin was just steadily declining just, you know, through those last couple weeks. And I feel like if the season kept going, you know, you'd have to assume, you know, that Kale would pass him eventually, hopefully. Um, and then, yeah. Not really good the whole transition thing, to transition from topic to topic, so bear with me, you know, I'm still new to this. Anyways, um, the final argument is that, you know, Quinn is more valuable to his team than Kale, but, you know, and obviously, I, I heard this from the DNVR Avalanche podcast they had with the Vancouver reporter with the athletic, Thomas Drantz, um... AJ brought up a point, you remember him from my last episode, um, that Kale, the team's record with Kale was, um, you know, better, and then when, you know, and then when he got injured, they just, it went down pretty significantly, and that's the thing, is that they were saying, well, is that the guy said, well, you know, when Kale got, and, you know, I, I got kind of upset about this because nobody said anything about it, and I was apparently the only one who realized. Um, when Kale got injured, there was a, it was in the Boston game, and it was, I think, right before Landis Cog came back, and after Ranton had gotten back. So McKay, so McCarr had and McKinnon kind of took them through that stretch where they had all these injuries, and then. When McCarr got injured, they had all their guys back, and somehow they did worse. Coincidence? I think not. It's it, to me that is just such a clear, um, just clearly points to the fact that Kale is more uh, valuable. And you could say, well, Quinden missed many games, so you can't really do that. You can't really, you know, use that as a factor. And I, I mean, that's that's fair, but at the same time, like, Kale was in the top three in the ad scoring with his injuries and with our injuries, obviously, so it makes it a little bit, you know, it evens it out. But if Quinn was so good, then, you know, why couldn't he outscore some of these other guys? Like, I will bet you, like, Elias Pedersen, JT Miller... All these guys, Bo Horvat, were much more valuable to their team than Kale. And that's another argument that I've been hearing um, from Avs guys is that, you know, taking a, you know, a playoff team to a Stanley Cup contending team is a lot bigger of a deal than taking a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs by a little bit to a team that barely makes the playoffs by a little bit, that's a much more impactful and bigger jump than the latter, than taking a team that wouldn't be very good to still not great, but they make the playoffs and probably get bounced in round one or two. Of course, we don't know. Um, but still, you know, you have to kind of, you know, think that it would, uh, toad go. Um, so yeah, that, so that argument is kind of silly. So now that I'm done, you know, just derailing all of Vancouver fans' arguments, um, I'll make the case for Kale. So Kale, 
in my from what I've seen, and I've been watching both of their games, is just a much better two-way player. And part of the reason he's a much better two-way player is because he just has a higher offensive upside. It's just he's such a dynamic offensive player, and he pushes play so well, and he just he does he's so much better uh, offensively, and he just has that star power um, to just create plays out of nothing. Whereas Quinn, eh, he he's he's a very good offensive player. He just doesn't have that superstar kind of um, you know part of his game that Kale does, and you know um, Kale. And defensively, you know, Kale's bigger, so he's more physical, which, of course, like I said, helps. But he, again, he has that IQ and he has that ability to create nothing from something. So when he gets the puck, he can immediately transition it out of the zone a lot easier than Quinn can, where Quinn kind of has to, you know, he makes some plays and creates a little bit, but he doesn't create nearly as much as, you know, Kale. Kale will just skate it out or... Um, make an amazing pass to get it out of the zone when you think, you know, he's kind of screwed. Um, whereas from what I've seen from Quinn, he has a, he has a ability to, you know, kind of just toss it out and um, let his skilled teammates kind of do the work. Just from what I've seen, I could be seeing that wrong. Um, and again, a big part of that is the physicality is that, you know, when you're a defenseman, you have to be on those net front battles and that IQ allows him to, you know, make something from nothing. So that also helps him. Kale also, like I said, is more valuable to his team and plays against harder competition. I already addressed that. Um, one second. I need to... Kale, you know, he... I feel like one thing I've noticed is Quinn's points have come very, you know, it seems like, you know, he, of course there are points that he did, he has a big impact on like assists where he was like the, like the pretty much the only reason that goal got scored, something like that. But I've noticed a lot of his points and, you know, it's not to say Kale doesn't have some too, uh, are, I've I've always struggled to find the word for this. They're they're in you know they're they, they don't have an impact really. Like I've I saw I've seen these ones where it's, I saw this one where he was on a two on one, and then he passed it right to the defenseman who was laying down. It hit their stick, and then the trailer got it and shot it. And amazing shot, you know points like that where he didn't mean to do that. And he really had, like, you know, you dump it in, somebody else go gets it. Where he didn't really make a play. He relied on other people to make the play, but then benefited on his points. I've seen that a lot with Quinn. I've also seen, you know, he also has way more power play points than Kale. Which, I mean, you know, the Avs power play is very good. You'd have to think, you know, what if the Avs power play was really good? Do you think Kale would, Kale would probably definitely be passed? Quinn by now if their power play was better, but he has less power play points than Quinn. And of course, you know, power play points still matter the same, but you know, when you have so many power play points, kind of like Victor Olofsson did, he had 17 power play goals at the beginning of the season. It's like, well, you know, most of the game is played five on five. So if you can't make points at five on five, that's a big deduction 
in your argument for this, um, if that makes sense. So, you know, that's my case for Kale um, so far. So, if you guys have any ideas, make sure to reach out. Like I said, it's going to be a shorter episode because, you know, I have other things to do. And, you know, it's one topic. I like to think I did a good job um, covering this topic. If you have any feedback, let me know on Twitter um, at BlueLiner, B-L-E-A-U-L-I-N-E-R. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, You know, I'm trying to do a good job at this, you know for you guys um but yeah that's those are my opinions i think and you know i could clearly be biased here i try to look at these things not through a biased lens because i think quinn is a very good player and there are things that quinn is a little bit better at kale than you know um maybe not really he's not good at anything i'm just kidding but um i try to be as unbiased as possible so you know, hopefully you guys don't think I was being too biased. You know, I, I, I watched a lot of these games so I can see. And from what I've seen, it just seems like Kale is the better player, especially this year, which is, you know, how the Calder works. And I personally hope and believe that he will be the better player for years to come. So just throwing that out there. Um, but anyways, if you guys have any feedback, make sure to hit me up on Twitter at that handle that I just said, Blue Liner. Um, thank you for watching it. Um, I'm, I made new cover art or whatever it is for the podcast. Uh, I hope you like that. It took a lot of hard work. Um, I don't know if it'll be up by the time um, this podcast is done, uh, has been uploaded. Hopefully it will. But uh, yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I will see you the next episode where we have a special guest and we will be talking about the NHL draft, like the lottery, prospects, etc. We might also delve into some um, pop culture stuff because why not? Because it's fun. Uh, don't get to talk about that stuff a lot. You know, it's you don't hear that on Av's podcast a lot. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, hope you guys learned something new about the Kale versus Quinn kind of Adam Fox, we don't really talk about him, argument. So, thank you, and I will see you, well, whatever. You get it. Bye.